You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sermon text for today is the Old Testament lesson. I'll read just a few of the opening verses, Genesis chapter 22. Sometime later, God, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. The Word of God. During these next six Sundays during the Lenten season, we are going to take a look at six very difficult lessons of Lent. The very first lesson we're going to look at today is that God demands allegiance to Him. It's a tough lesson to learn. It's an even more tough lesson to put into practice. So how's that going for you, your allegiance to God? Now, even though it's not necessary, maybe some of you have decided to give up something for Lent. Chocolate, television, candy crush, Facebook. And if you've decided to do that, how's it going? You're going to be able to do it? It's a lot easier said than done, isn't it, to give something up. God told Abraham to give up his son. Compare that to maybe what we've decided to give up for Lent. Your son, your only son, compared to chocolate, candy crush, Facebook. I don't want to make anyone here feel bad if they've decided to give up such things. That's not the intent. It's just that when we look at the things maybe that we sacrifice in our life, how insignificant, how how small compared to what God asked of Abraham. So let us consider something more serious than chocolate or or candy crush. Those are only optional things to give up anyways. Let's talk about some of the things God actually does ask us to give up on occasion. Like our time. He asks us to give up some of our time to study his holy word. Have we? He asks us to give the best in in our offerings to Him. Have we? There are times when He asks us to give up a friend because that friend, for whatever reason, is leading us down a different and wrong path. There are times when He asks us to give up popularity, to do the right thing and walk away from the party. 
Now we're talking about bigger things than chocolate or candy crush. But still, so small compared to what God asked of Abraham. God asked, told Abraham to give up his son, his only son, by the way, his miracle son. The one born to Abraham and Sarah when they were past their childbearing years. And no, God didn't just ask Abraham to give up his son to adoption. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. A burnt offering is an offering of dedication, an offering of allegiance to God. That's what God wanted from Abraham. That's what he wants from us too. A difficult lesson to learn, an even more difficult lesson to put into practice. God wanted from Abraham his one and only son. Maybe we think we're doing okay in our allegiance to God, and we could fast forward to next Sunday to a greater challenge. Give me a bigger lesson of Lent, a more difficult lesson of Lent, Pastor. But then along comes this very real lesson Give me your son, your one and only son. And so here's my question for you as I asked it of myself this week. Would you? Would you? On Tuesday morning of this week, I had a little pit in my stomach as I said goodbye to my wife and a couple of my daughters as they went on a few-day trip. It seemed so silly compared to what Abraham was asked to give up. His one and only son. This is one of the most emotional accounts in Scripture. Do the best you can as we move forward to put yourself there. Maybe even picturing your own son or daughter, 12 years old at the time. Go and sacrifice your son. And then the first thing Abraham does is he cuts wood for the sacrifice. The only time I have ever cut wood in my entire life was for a pleasant family bonfire in the evening. He had to cut that wood for a sacrifice, his own son. Would you? And then when the preparations were made, it was time to go. And so he told Isaac, all right, let's go on this hike. Except it was much more than just a hike. The place God told him to go was 50 miles away. A three-day journey. Three long and excruciating days where Abraham had to contemplate what God asked him to do, where he had to contemplate what he was going to do. Three long and excruciating days of memories. As he looked back to that that wonderful day when, when they were filled with such incredible joy, when that miracle baby was born to he and Sarah. The joyful memory of looking back to that day when when he spoke his first word or when Isaac took his first step. Memories that must have flooded Abraham's mind on that three-day journey. And one more that would be added to it would be his son Isaac being sacrificed on an altar. We aren't told during that journey if Abraham had much to say. 
However, Isaac had something to say. He had a question after he made an observation. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son. The fire and wood are here, said Isaac, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? One has to wonder if Abraham made eye contact with Isaac when he answered him. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And it didn't get any easier. Every time I read this account, my heart starts beating faster and faster the more I read into it. And then it came time for Abraham to build that altar, to bind up his son and lay him on it. Which is where my heart almost stops beating and the tears start forming. Seriously, put yourself there. He bound his son. I remember being five years old and, and I had to go to the hospital because I had stitches. Because I was young, because where the stitches were, they had to tie me down. And I remember my dad standing next to me and I, I look back on that and think about how difficult that must have been for him to see me, his son, bound in that way. That was for stitches. Only five of them. Abraham bound his son for death. Would you? We're not talking about giving up chocolate or Facebook or Candy Crush anymore. We're not even talking about more serious things like our time or our money either. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. By the way, not only the death of a son but the death of a son who is connected to a promise of a savior through his family line. This was a major event, not only for Abraham, not only for Isaac, but for the whole world. Would you do it? Would you show such allegiance to God? Have we even been willing to give up time or money or give God our devotion? I know for a fact that my allegiance to God pales in comparison to that of Abraham. Even more, I know for a fact that my allegiance to God pales in comparison to the perfect allegiance he demands of me. So, back to the question, would you? And if your answer is the same as mine... <laughs> then the question of the day becomes, if we do not love God enough to give up our son or daughter to him, why should he love us enough to give us his son? And yet he does. He has. It's amazing grace. Where did Abraham get, get such allegiance, such confidence did you notice his confidence all along the way? God told him to do it. The next day he gets up and does it. And then when they got close to the place where he was going to do what he was supposed to do, he told the two servants to stay put. And, and this is what he said to them. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will come back to you, he said. 
He knew for a fact he was going there to sacrifice his son, and yet he says, we will come back. How could he say such a thing? If we turn our Bibles a few pages back from Genesis chapter 22 to chapter 17, we hear God say this to Abraham. Your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Now, obviously, at the time of our account today, Isaac had had no descendants yet. So Abraham, based upon God's promise, knew somehow, someway, Isaac had to come back down that mountain with him. Hebrews chapter 11 actually gives us a little bit of insight on this whole thing. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. God's promise to Abraham instilled such faith in him that he concluded that he would still have to go through with the very difficult sacrifice, but that God would raise him from the dead and that he would walk down that mountain together and then Isaac would have his descendants and the promised Savior in the family line. That's how Abraham thought it would happen. That's not how it happened. As Abraham had the knife raised, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham had passed the test. Except the test wasn't for God. The test was for Abraham. Any test that we face in life, it's for our benefit too. And it was the angel of the Lord who who came to Abraham's rescue, the boy's rescue, and said, do not lay a a hand on the boy. The angel of the Lord, if, if we did a study of that in Scripture, which time doesn't permit today, we would find out that the angel of the Lord is a title for the Son of God. Now, Just recognize the the, the incredible nature of, of that in this particular context. The angel of the Lord, the Son of God, told Abraham not to sacrifice his son with full awareness that the same would not be true of him years later. Isaac's life was spared. Abraham did not have to sacrifice his only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. But it doesn't always work out that way. At least not on one occasion. Oh, there too was a father and a son. There, too, was an altar and a sacrifice. The difference being the father in this particular case actually went through with the sacrifice. The altar is the cross. 
The sacrifice is Jesus. And in dying, Jesus became the substitutionary lamb who died in our place. John the Baptist was right, wasn't he? Jesus is indeed the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What does this have to do with our allegiance to God? Everything. Where we have failed, we have been forgiven. Where we have wavered in our allegiance, where we have wandered, we have been washed clean. Where we have been defeated, God has declared us victorious. Where we have lacked, God has loved. Where we have not sacrificed, God has his only son. What does this have to do with our allegiance to God? Everything, absolutely everything. It goes to show us that he most certainly is worthy of our total allegiance even during the toughest of tests. He gave us his one and only son. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.